Hello, and welcome to Kyle's Friday Tech Run. This is Elizabeth Gilbert, and you're going Kyle Westhouse. Kyle, how are you today? We're doing all right. It's a fine Sunday here at the porch. Beautiful. What are we ranting about today, Kyle? So previously, I discussed hacker culture in a previous episode, and today I'd like to continue that conversation. I think a good direction to take it in is discussing hacktivism. Uh, through I, and I have a specific example that I'll discuss, but that sort of naturally arises out of the conversation we had earlier about the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Hmm. Neat. Yeah, so part of hacker culture, I think, uh, is hacktivism, this idea of hacktivism, which is people using these t the really advanced technological skills that they developed to sort of fight back against anything that they're morally opposed to in like politics, per se. And the example that I'd like to use to discuss this is of a man named Aaron Schwartz. And many people who are really familiar with hacker culture and just the internet culture in general might recognize this name. But I'm going to explain his story today because it's a big part of hacker culture. So Aaron Schwartz uh, was a prodigy with tech-related concepts, one could say. He helped work on like draft specifications of a common protocol called RSS when he was, I believe, 14. So oh that's gosh. pretty impressive Wow. Uh, thing to be working on at that age. And he just continued to be involved in lot, various parts of the internet as he was growing up. And Soon he be became in interested in politics and using his technical skills related to politics. One of the things that he took issue with is the journal publishing industry. So he had issues with a lot of the way that public research is uh, published. So oftentimes research will be you know, granted or will receive federal grants and it's supposed to be public research, but then these um, the researchers actually have to pay to publish in a journal and then people have to pay to access the journal. So even though it's supposed to be public research, to access it isn't necessarily, uh, it's, it's not really free access to, to that information. It's sort of locked away behind these paywalls and things. And he, he said that's not morally right. We're sort of limiting ourselves as a society um, because people can't access all this information that's supposed to be public research uh, according to his ideas. And so he was sort of fighting against these publishers, that these cor these corporations, that it was their business strategy to run the journals and have people pay to access and have people pay to publish. So what he did is he went to a server room in MIT, uh, the college, and so it's, many, many college students might know this, but it's common for a college to provide access to all these you know journal resources for cheaper prices or maybe free to their students. Uh, but not to the general public, and so MIT was a place that had access to lots of these uh, databases for these uh, journal publishers. So he wrote a script and hooked up a, lac a laptop to a uh, server in a server room so that he could access uh, all these databases. So he wrote a script that would bulk download them and he was going to publicly release them, but when he came back to get his laptop, in the meantime while it was there, somebody had noticed it and had been reported, and so they caught him and uh, trying to do this and the journal publishing agency well originally it was within MIT's jurisdiction but they passed it off to a federal prosecutor who thought that maybe this was a good time to apply the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act and apply it heavily to provide it as an example maybe that in, in the, the defense's opinion you know this is morally you can't do that even if you have moral objections to what they're doing and so as a response, Aaron Schwartz was facing lots of time in jail. I don't know the specific number, but 
believe he was facing 12 counts of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, so that I believe would be upwards of 60 years. Wow. Yes, and so Aaron Schwartz also uh, was dealing with mental health issues at the time, and I believe this was something that put him under a lot of duress, and he ended up killing himself, fortunately. Man. But I think it's a very dramatic story relating to the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Uh, if you want to see the whole story, there's a, a movie, uh, relate, a documentary movie related to, that explains much more in detail than what I did, called The Internet's Own Boy, uh, because Aaron Schwartz was so heavily involved with internet and hacker culture. So I think that if you enjoyed listening to this episode, watch the movie. I've watched it, it's fantastic. And then you can learn a lot more and form your own opinions about what, what went on, what, maybe where people went wrong, or maybe where people went right. And yeah, I brought this up because uh, hacktivism, the idea that you can use all these technological abilities to have an effect and to you know, maybe fight back against something that's bigger than yourself, you can sort of be the underdog because you have these technical skills, it's something that's sort of embedded in hacker culture. And I think one of the reasons that many people get involved in cybersecurity or just tech in general, because knowing those abilities to work with computers can give people power to do things far beyond what they could do just as an individual mm. physically. Interesting. I I feel like hacktivism might uh, appear through some, like maybe maybe uh, definitely like a kind of like wild, untamed, like really intense, um, like unstructured, and people just going for what they believe is right, but also through hackathons that help to kind of center and organize it for purpose. Um, I know this summer I was involved in organizing the Peoria Civic Hackathon, mm -hmm. um, which was trying to make an open data portal for Peoria and using a lot of um, civic data. And mm -hmm. there's a give back hack in Columbus, mm -hmm. and there's a hack Appalachia. I don't know the title of that one specifically, but um, that I've heard that um, try to kind of organize around those things that are activism oriented. There's obviously the Data Science for Social Good Fellowship and things like that too. That yeah, I think you brought up something, that, something that's good is that a lot of these projects focus around like open data and part of what uh, Hackathon might believe in is that open data and open access to information is really powerful because it gives you know these people, the, the general public the ability to process information and provide it to other people in more digestible forms and that just generally having open data available you know, increases how people can educate themselves and share information, and that's really important. I think that's something that's embedded in hacker culture in general, and maybe Absolutely. even the internet for many people. Absolutely. I think the internet gives a really powerful tool to not just share your, your work and your product, but also to connect with other people. Remember, the Data for Democracy like team and project was another that was using that kind of open data and collaborative uh, data science and analysis. Yes, and something maybe related is there's lots of uh, projects that use open data and they provide sort of an infrastructure for the common person to maybe contribute to projects. Mm -hmm. So there's a website called Zooniverse that people can uh, are given instruction on, on how to provide human like categorization of uh, started with astronomy images but now all sorts of images you know, like related to hurricane damage like satellite images. All so you can like tag like them that. and yeah. like help so, to live. Yeah, so, mm. so there's human work that needs to happen behind that. Yeah, that volunteer. And so because wow. the information is you know public, they can these uh, websites basically inf teach people how to do that, do the scientist's job that would normally take. That it takes a lot of time, um, but if you teach someone an ability, it's really helpful to have the general public be able to contribute that. For sure. Uh, yeah. We built a tag machine in one of my internships uh, here okay. in Columbus at CIS. Uh, it's cool to see that uh, human volunteer-based mm -hmm. effort come at a much larger, much more scientific and important scale. So. Yeah.
Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing about hacktivism and uh, Aaron Schwartz's important story. And uh, thank you for uh, ranting this uh, Sunday afternoon. Certainly. Thank you for having me. This has been Kyle's Friday Tech Rant with Elizabeth Gilbert interviewing Kyle Westhouse. Thank you for listening.